Welcome to the Milk and Honey with Lemon podcast. I'm your host, Lemon Price, creator of the Holy Girl Habits, wife and mama, and certified life and leadership coach who turned away from corporate life to embrace kingdom leadership. This podcast is for Christian women feeling the weight of their divine callings, grappling with doubts of their leadership abilities, and searching tirelessly for biblically grounded guidance who want to step confidently into their roles as radiant kingdom leaders. Inside, we're going to traverse from those feelings of uncertainty and overwhelming searches, moving toward firm biblical leadership, empowering you to steward your gifts and showing you that you indeed have what it takes. So sister, grab your favorite cup of coffee or tea and let's dive in together. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Milk and Honey Podcast. I am so excited today because this topic is something super important to me. I've already recorded an episode a few weeks ago on traits of being a good steward. And today I want to cover some biblical examples of really good stewardship and what we can learn from them. If you don't already know, this has been the word of the year from the Lord. And seriously, I'm not usually like a word of the year kind of person. However, I've been going through Radiant Leadership Academy, which is a 16-week biblical leadership program. I'm actually getting ready to teach my first class on April the 4th. If you're interested in learning about this uh, 16-week biblical leadership course, then go check out the show notes or just visit pricelesslyimperfect.com to get details on that um, because the door is closed to that on the 28th of March. So anyway, so I've gone through this program now three times. This is my third time around going through it, and I've been taking training to learn how to teach it. And one of the things that stood out to me so much about this program is stewardship. That's something God highlighted to me over the last six months is how am I stewarding the things I have? And I've seen some really incredible blessings from the Lord because of the way I steward things differently now. And so, and again, that's why I highlighted it in an episode a few weeks ago on traits of biblical stewardship. And I just am sort of like obsessed with this topic these days. It's really been something that the Lord has shown me, that the Lord has confirmed to me too. So this was really wild a few weeks ago at church. Somebody actually gave a talk on stewardship And I literally was like elbowing my husband, you know, and I was like, did you hear what he's talking about? And he was like, yes, I heard. I was like, I want a copy of that talk. And so um, my poor friend, Brooke, (laughs) we hadn't even met yet. And I had my husband approach her husband and asked him to email us his talk so I could go home and study it just because I was like, all right, Lord, like you're literally the whole talk. I'm like sitting here texting my husband. I'm like, "Um, I feel like Ben is speaking directly to me. It's really weird. Sort of freaked me out, you know? Because I don't think I've ever had like such a a clear call from the Lord to focus on something before. And so it was really cool to see and hear God in this capacity in which I've never done it. And so anyway, so that's why I wanted to talk about some biblical examples of like good, faithful stewards. Um, and so if you've got your scriptures, like feel free to get those out because I have a lot of stuff to talk about. So the very first person I want to talk about today is, of course, Adam. Because in the very, very beginning of, you know, eternity, basically, God intended for us to work, right? So I'm going to get out my scriptures. I'm going to read this to you really quick. Y'all, I have like a lot of, you know, bookmarks going on in here. So just forgive me for flipping through 
all of the bookmarks here. We're going to go to Genesis 2.15. So it says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. Perfect, right? So from the very beginning, we know that God had always intended for people to work and to take good care of the things that they had. Um, Adam was called to take care of things on God's behalf, right? Like God created this world for him and he was in charge of stewarding it well. Did he steward the garden well? I mean, we could debate that, right? The garden was very functional, minus the fact that he ate the fruit. And then after they were cast out, right, the Bible then tells us that they had to go and work and toil for the rest of the days of our lives. And the thing that I want to point out here is that work was always part of the plan before the fall. Work was always part of the plan before the fall. So God never created hard work for us as a punishment. We were always meant to work and to glorify God with the work in which we do. So I love this example from Adam. Just, I I think it's, I think it's one of my favorites because it talks about the fact that work was always part of the equation. We were always supposed to be good stewards of things and it's not a result of sin that we have to work. It was always part of the plan. Work is good. And so I think if we can reframe our mindset around having to work, work becomes a lot more enjoyable and it's a lot easier to steward the things that God has given us. Another person I want to talk about here is Noah. Noah was, of course, called to build an ark, right? So he stirred these resources that he had really well, but then also he had to care for all of the animals on the planet. And yes, he had family, right, to help, but he had to steward every living creature, mankind, animal kind, he had to steward all of it well, or we wouldn't exist. Without Noah's stewardship, we would not exist. That to me is just this beautiful example of the trust that God puts in us as stewards. And I actually, we're going to get, I'm going to get a little bit deeper into our, our role as stewards. And I think one of my favorite examples of stewardship, we're going to, I'm going to get there in a minute. And the next, um, Abraham had to steward this promise that he was given, right? That he was going to be the father of a great nation, you know, from all these wandering people and everything. Stewarding the promises that God gives us. And again, did Abraham do it well? No, no, not necessarily. And that I think is something too that we need to take into account is that when Abraham tried to steward a promise from God on his terms and what his natural mind could comprehend and what his wife's natural mind could comprehend, it didn't go according to like the plan, right? Like that's not, it was not the intention at all. And so we have a responsibility that when God gives us a promise to steward it with care, because we know that God has already worked out the details and things are going to happen in his time, not our time, and not necessarily the way that we think they're going to work out either. So that is something I take from Abraham. Um, I look at Moses, right? 
Moses had to steward these, you know, these people who were a little bit whiny. Let's just be really honest. Okay. That's why they had to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. Very whiny, very ungrateful people. Right. Moses freed them out of bondage from the Egyptians, still very whiny and mopey. However, Moses had to steward these people for 40 years in the wilderness, right there while they're building the tabernacle, like they're doing, they're doing things during Moses' time. He's stewarding all of it. Moses brings down the 10 commandments, like Moses is entrusted with a ton. And it is because of the stewardship that he has. One of the verses I love to quote to my kids is we talk about like, God's not going to trust you with a big thing until he can trust you with a little thing. And I'm paraphrasing this. It's in Luke. Look it up. So Anyway, I tell them this all the time. I cannot trust you with big things if I can't trust you with the small things. And I think Moses continually showed that he could be trusted with small things, right? And not that they were all small things, but like every single thing that Moses did, it was like greater and greater, greater responsibility, greater provision. Like there was, there was greater things that he had to do every single time. Okay. The next person I want to talk about, and seriously, this is one of my favorites, and I've talked about her extensively, is the Proverbs 31 woman. I'm actually doing a 90-day study on the Proverbs 31 woman right now, and it is so good. I will link that in the show notes if you want it. Um, It's by Donna Partow. I'm going to assume that's how she says her last name. I could very much be butchering this. But it is. It's so good. It's so good. And literally the section um, that I'm reading right now it talks about how she's like very selective with her time, how she, you know, buys and plants a vineyard, you know, she buys a field and sees us prosper. So she, you know, puts a vineyard on it and all these things. She stewards the resources and the time that she has so incredibly well. There is nothing that the Proverbs 31 woman doesn't do that is not intentional and focused in glorifying God in the process. And I, I just really love her example of stewardship because she would not be able to do half of the things she does if she didn't practice good stewardship. And I think the fact that culturally, right, we've sort of put the Proverbs 31 woman up on a pedestal or something to aspire to, it just shows how important stewardship is because she was a busy lady, right? She had multiple streams of income. She is taking care of her family. She has employees to worry about. She's taking care of the needy. Like she's doing a lot of things. And so in order to be able to do all of those things successfully, she has to be stewarding her time well and her resources well. And I think that's something we can take from the Proverbs 31 woman is just this idea of good stewardship. And then I want to just highlight one more. It's like a short episode today, but I really love this example because this is something we are all doing right now. Something you're, you're doing right now. So I want to talk about the disciples. The disciples had to be faithful stewards, teaching the word of God and spreading the gospel. It is because of their faithfulness and their good stewardship that you and I are sitting here right now. There's, this is the only reason that I'm recording. And it's the only reason that you're listening is because they were good faithful stewards of the things they had been given and took their mission from the Lord seriously. When you believe the promises that the Lord has for you, right? And you fully lean into those incredible, miraculous things happen. I mean, Jesus intimately taught 12 people, right? 12. And I mean, you know, 
12, 12 male disciples, right? Because we all know Mary Magdalene. And like he traveled with women too. And they're known as the apostle, you know, Mary Magdalene's known as the apostle to the apostles. However, Jesus taught these people very intimately and then charged them with going out and spreading the gospel without his presence. Like you go do that. And it's a call that we all have for each of us. And how you do that looks different than how your neighbor does that, how your sister does that, how your mother does that, how your best friend does it. Like the way in which we we steward our gifts and our talents and the transformations that God has given us, the tender mercies that God has given us, that is how we go out and share the gospel. And yes, you can go out and be a full-time ministry or a missionary. I know plenty of people who do that. And that is one way to do that. But another way is to live out all of the things that God has done for you and to live up to its fullest potential, right? What does it look like for you to steward your gifts and talents well? What sort of kingdom impact does it have when you steward your gifts and talents well? What does it look like when you steward your home well? What does it look like? You know, like I tell I tell this story all the time. My neighbors are the reason I, I know Jesus. I grew up in an anti-Christian home and my neighbors are the only reason that I know the gospel. And the thing is, is their home, right? She has faithfully stewarded her home consistently for decades, right? I've now known this woman for like over two decades and there has never once been a time in 20 years where I have not randomly knocked on this woman's door and her home was not ready and willing um, and open to accepting guests, not one time. And I'm not saying she's perfect, right? But what I am saying is that she stewarded her home well. She stewarded her faith well. And so it was always a place open to feeling the Holy Ghost without sort of any pressure, right? Like I met, I met my neighbors when I was 10 and I'll be 33 soon. And I mean, growing up, there was never any sort of pressure on me to know Jesus or anything like that. Right. However, I walked into her house and I immediately felt something different because of the stewardship that she had, because of the way she stewarded her faith because of the way she stewarded her family because of the way she stewarded her marriage because like she just is a living embodiment of what good stewardship is and what it truly means to be a disciple because she was showing me for 20 years right i mean i i became a christian when i was 24 right so it took her 14 years for me to get there but she consistently stewarded the things that she had for 14 years at minimum minimum 14 years And it was through her consistent action, through her consistent stewardship, through just the consistency of living out the gospel that she was discipling me for over a decade. And so today I want to challenge you to look at these examples, right? Reframe your mindset around work, right? And acknowledge that that was always part of God's plan. You know, I want to encourage you to steward the promises that God has, you know, put on your life, right? Go read. There are so many beautiful promises from the Lord for us. And so I encourage you to to lean into those and and steward those promises on your life well. Steward, steward the the resources that you have. Steward your home, steward your marriage, steward your friendships, right? Pull from these people from the Bible and their example of what it means to go be a good steward. Because at the end of the day, it's our stewardship that is discipleship. At the end of the day, it's 
how we are treating the things that God has given us that shows people what it means to be living for the Lord. It shows people what it means to truly be a Christian and to truly be transformed the way that we steward something. And so I just want to encourage you today to go and lean in to some of these biblical examples, reframe your mind around them, and just go all in on stewardship because I have, and it has radically just transformed my life in ways that I cannot even begin to explain. So just just go all in, go study some of these examples of stewardship. And I promise you that when you lean in fully and you go all in on stewardship, God will do things that you couldn't, could not even imagine nor do on your own. So I'm going to leave you with that today and I will see you next Monday. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Milk and Honey with Lemon podcast. I am so grateful you were here. I hope this episode has helped you move from feelings of doubt and uncertainty towards stepping confidently into your God-given leadership role, fully equipped with biblical wisdom. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a second to rate and review. Each review helps us to reach and inspire more Christian women leaders just like you. Don't forget to share your takeaways, post it on Instagram, tag me anywhere you're on social media, and I'll see you next week. 